Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Peter Saxon with another Radio Info Rough Cut podcast. After 20 years as the Chief Executive Officer of Commercial Radio Australia, and navigating the industry through seismic shifts in the way audiences consume media, Joan Warner has decided to step down. Now, I'm pleased to say Ms. Warner has agreed to join us today. Welcome, Joan. Thanks, Peter. It's good to be here. The actress themselves, I know, uh, have become a signature event of yours. Which of those do you think were the best? I reckon they've got better year by year by year. I think um, certainly the events team has got quicker and quicker and quicker getting through all the reward, all the awards as you know when we first started doing it that they went, the awards went on for hours and hours and hours and I think now we've got it down to almost two and a half hours getting through something like 90 awards so I think the faster you can do it the better it is and I think it's just got a lot more show busy and a lot more um, a, a lot more of the razzle dazzle that radio should have these days than it did when certainly they were the raw awards back in the day when I came in. So I, look, I think the last one was the best one, and I think okay. the next one will be the best one. Yes, and the next day after the Acros is Monday, which is Valentine's Day. Yep. Now, is there any significance to that that our radio expert readers should uh, know about? No, we really had to take. We had to take the nights we could get at the ICC because, as you know, a lot of events like ours have been moved from the end of this year to the beginning of next year. And uh, at the end of the day, we thought we didn't want to do it midweek because that's very difficult for people. And and all of us ladies and gentlemen like to get ourselves all shushed up for the event. So we wanted and we couldn't get a Saturday night early in the new year. So we thought, okay, well, we'll take a Sunday night. The Logies is always on a Sunday night. So we're pretty sure our radio people will party just as hard on a Sunday night. Now, what made you decide that now was a good time to go? Well, I actually had decided about a year ago, Peter. I kept it to myself because I was trying to give, you know, the industry a chance to start a search, which they're now doing, which is great. But no, I decided at the beginning of this year that I would leave at the end of this current contract, which is the 31st of December. And I told the board that as the year kept going on and nobody said anything, I started to get a bit worried and think, oh, hang on, I'm leaving on the 31st of December. And my chairman, um, Grant Blackley, said to me in early August, what are you doing at the end of the year? And I said, well, I'm leaving. Then he said, okay, we need to think about this. Uh, and that's when they asked me if I'd stay on another few months. And, and of course, you know, I have been here over 20 years. I'll have been, if I, when I leave on the 31st of March, I'll have been here nearly 21 years because I started on the 1st of July 2001. There are a couple of big projects that are coming to fruition and will be being implemented early, first quarter next year. And those are, you know, the Automated Holdings Project, which is a massive complex project, which I'm very, very proud of. Uh, and, of course, the setting up of the Radio 360 changes to radio audience measurement, which I'm also very proud of. So, 
you know, I was, I think because there have been some very big things happen, we've done our work with Google and Amazon in getting radio app in as the default radio delivery mechanism and first time every time you get the right radio station. Um, we've got the podcast ranker up and running and we've now got program numbers being released, which is something I've been working on for a while. So I think this is probably the perfect year because lots of big projects and lots of good work is being done and is ready to go on to the next stage. And it's probably the right time to hand over the baton. So what have you got planned for life after CRA? Who knows? But, uh, but I'll tell you now, I'm not really looking to go back into a job where you work 60 hours a week like I do in this role. So I am planning to take a deep breath, maybe take a trip overseas, which will be a, a lovely novelty, won't it, after all, all this time. Uh, and then, you know, I've already had a couple of people contact me and, and say, would you look at doing some projects? Would you look at being on a board? Would you look at it? And I've said, yeah, I'm going to look at all of that stuff, but I've got six months of hard work to do here before I think about any of that. And I've got a number of goals I've still got to kick. So, you know, my focus for the next six months is very firmly on getting these projects up and running and, and running smoothly for a new CEO who can come in and, and, you know, we can have a very smooth and ordered transition. I can't imagine myself not working. I think I'd be bored. So I will be following some personal interests, but I'll also be yeah, doing a little bit of um, project work, consultancy work. I'd also like to look at giving something back, you know, giving something back to the local community. So I haven't quite worked out what that is yet. But I, you know, I'm a very lucky person, Peter, and these sorts of things just pop up. I've been very fortunate and um, I think the right things will happen at the right time and I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I have a sense of freedom. Let's go back to the beginning before you landed this job at what was then FARP, the Federation of oh, Radio yeah. Broadcasters, which yeah. is what it was called back in 2001 before it became CRA. Did you have any yep. direct experience in radio? None whatsoever. But, you know, that's never stopped me before, Peter. I started out as a primary school teacher and yeah. then went on to special ed and then setting up special education centres throughout WA. Um, and then I somehow morphed my way into the Ministry of Education and Youth Affairs. Then I became a, a Chief of Staff and Political Advisor. And I went to work in the food industry. Um, I've always had a great sense of if somebody opens the door and offers you an opportunity, even if you think, oh, am I qualified for this? That's not the question you should be asking yourself. The question is, do I think I can do this and do I want the challenge? And if the answer is yes and yes, you walk through the door. You don't shut it and say, oh, no, I'm too scared to go through. So I've never had a, a problem <laughs> with taking on roles where I haven't had a deep background. But I have had a very varied background in business very senior levels, like as strategic advisor to the CEO of George Western Foods, senior levels in politics and in the public service. So, you know, I've, I've always thought I had a pretty good broad range of skills um, that you could bring to a job like this. And then when I was offered it, it was, it was like Christmas had come. And, and I've been very lucky because I've had some very good mentors which sounds like a strange thing for me to say after 20 years in this one job. But, you know, I've had some wonderful mentors over the years, even from the head of the Catholic Education Commission in Perth, who gave me a go in setting me up as director of special education and setting up special ed centres. And then John Pascoe, who was the CEO of George Western Foods, Virginia Chadwick, who was very senior minister in the New South Wales government, 
Joe Hockey even. You know, it's just I've been very, very lucky and some of my chairmen have been great mentors as well, and particularly, you know, the early chairman when I came in and I was going, oh, what does this mean and should we be doing this? And, and you know, I've been very lucky in this role as well because I've had some wonderful board members, wonderful chair people and chair people who've gone, if you think we should do it, we'll do it as long as we can take the industry along with you. Who was that first chairman? 
and, you know, keep us all together, uh, make us a united voice, rev up everything we're doing. You know, we've got to have a better conference. We've got to have better um, a, a better award show. Uh, make us a united industry and, you know, chart a course for the future. That's basically. There was actually no job description, I have to tell you. Now, the name changed from FARB to CRA soon after you joined. Um, Yes. Was that already in the pipeline or was it your recommendation? Well, they were thinking about a name change. They weren't sure what. They were thinking about a few different. Um, And my first first two thoughts when I came into this organisation was FARB is a terrible name. Federation of Australian Radio Broadcasters makes us sound old, makes us sound old-fashioned. Um, and what is it that we do? Oh, we're representing commercial radio. Well, one of the suggestions that had been put forward was commercial radio Australia. So why are we hiding our light under a bushel? That's what we do. That's what we're proud of and that's what we're good at. So why don't we just change our name? And then my second thing was we need to move out of St Leonard's where uh, I don't know if you ever went there, Peter, but it was a very, very impractical building. We didn't have a big enough meeting room there for the board to meet at at the HQ of FARB as it was then. So we had to rent a meeting room at the Royal Automobile Club to have um, the board meetings. So I said to the board, I really think we need, and, you know, we had people over three floors in very small um, work groups. It was very odd and very hard to build a team feeling. And I think that's one of the things we've got here at CRA. Everyone feels part of the team and we all work together as a team and no one's, except for me, of course, as a CEO, no one is more senior than anyone else. Um, So, yeah, that was another recommendation. We need to move out of here. We need to move to one level. We need to change our name. We need to get a whole new image and... You know, who knows, the new CEO might say exactly the same thing when they come in. So who knows what will happen. (laughs) After you'd uh, put your feet under the desk, as it were, what were your early impressions of the job ahead of you? What what were the biggest challenges administering your role? I think one of the biggest challenges was to make CRA, I'll just call it CRA from now on, to make it a voice that people listen to to make it a voice that people respected, to make uh, the people that worked in commercial radio feel proud of themselves and not, you know, what I did see when I came in was back then there was a bit of a chip on the shoulder mentality. Oh, we're radio. You know, TV's always going to earn more than us. Print's always going to, you know, have a bigger share of the ad dollar than us. We're just radio. I kept thinking, radio is fantastic. Why why do you have this impression of yourselves and and why aren't you projecting an impression that's, you know, we're very proud of what we do. We're just as good as them. You need to be giving us more money. And then the other thing is we need to get together and be promoting radio against whoever now, radio, audio now, of course, um, but radio against TV and against print and not always be competing with each other. And, and, you know, back then there were even people saying, oh, buy AM radio over FM radio. Like we were cutting each other's lunch and it was be proud of who you work for and build up the sector first and then, yeah, go and sell against your competitors. But let's have a bit of pride in what we do and who we are and, and how we influence people and still do day in and day out, not only with news and information but with entertainment. And, you know, as we all know, 
people have favourite radio personalities and they will follow them around. That doesn't happen really with many other um, media sectors. What have been some of your biggest challenges that you and your board have had to face? Oh, look, I think it's maintaining, can I say maintaining the rage, maintaining the faith, maintaining, you know, don't be scared. I, I used to say to people, we can't be scared of things. We've got to look at everything. And I've said this at many conferences. Radio has had the ability and continues to have the ability to look at things and go, how do I use that to enhance my product? Remember when email came in and radio, radio was the first sector, I think, to encourage people to email in. Um, and, you know, but at the same time, not forgetting your core strength, which is somebody can pick up the phone and talk to the Prime Minister live on a radio show and nobody else can do that. So let's not forget our core strengths, but let's not be frightened of all this new stuff. When the time is right, let's grab that new stuff and really go to town with it, like, we did with, like we've done with Radio App, getting it into smart speakers. Now, smart speakers could have been a real challenge for radio. Smart speakers were being taken back into rooms where there hadn't been, you know, a, a radio set for many years. So instead of going, oh, this is terrible for us, the industry said, okay, how do we fix this? All right, we need one app. We need you to do the work to, with Google, which is, you know, and we've worked very well with Google on this, um, and with Amazon, who are also great partners. So I think the biggest challenges are just not being negative about the future, looking at the challenges and going, okay, how do we get around that? You know, we've now got our automated trading platform, which we weren't ready to do a few years ago, but by the end of first quarter next year, we'll be the only industry to have every single member joined to every single agency, even down to the level of sales teams, to do collaborative workspaces proposals across our whole ecosystem. Now, that was a massive challenge. But again, part of my challenge as CEO was getting us to the point where the board said, okay, the time is now. All right, you've talked about this three years ago. We agree the time is now. Now go and manage that project. So it's identifying the projects and managing them. And then there's the other things that we do, like um, all the compliance reporting we do, our, you know, stoush that we've had with our friends in the music industry was also another big challenge. But we got through that and we get on very well with them now. And that's what's so great about this job. It's not just one part of a job. It's a multi-layered job. And as you know, I make sure that I go to every single committee meeting that we have here, whether it's research, whether it's marketing, whether it's radio app, whether it's podcast ranker, because it's a small organisation, it's a big industry but a small organisation, and as a CEO you need to know everything that's going on in it. And if you don't, then you probably shouldn't be in the job. One final question. In the US, as you know, John, they have a custom where the outgoing president leaves a letter on the desk of the Oval Office with advice for the incoming president. Now, if you were to leave such a letter on your desk for your successor, what advice would you give them? I'd have to think about it very carefully, but it would be don't be frightened to stand up for what you believe is good for the industry, but remember that you have a very, very diverse membership and you are here for the whole membership, from the smallest member to the largest member. The good of the many sometimes outweigh the good of the few, but sometimes the good of the few need to be taken into account and, and recognised and sorted out, I guess. And your biggest role is really holding the industry together. That's what your role is. It's to herd the cats. And, you know, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. But, you know, it's a great industry. You've got a diverse membership of all different sizes and all different views on every issue. 
but it's your job as a CEO to keep this industry chugging forward with one voice and being seen and respected not only by the government but by all the other stakeholders, including your own members, as being a worthwhile body and, and a body that can make a difference. Well, Joan Warner, you've done a great job doing that and uh, may all go well for the future and we look forward to catching up in person. I don't think we'll get to have our industry Christmas drinks this year in December. I think that's going to be too soon. But certainly 13th of February, we'll all be there with our shiny coats on and polished shoes. And um, it's, you know, it's been great working with you over the years as well, Peter, because we've known each other a long time. I think, well, from when I first came in here, you were with Radio Infos. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, Peter. Bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because rust new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from rust -Oleum.